You're listening to the Alternative Investor Mastermind, where we do a deep dive on alternative investment opportunities and the lifestyle it can create. Join Jack Krupe as he presents actionable tips and tricks in doing passive real estate away from mainstream strategies. Go beyond the usual fix and flips and try less explored yet rewarding investing ventures from multifamily properties, mobile homes to Bitcoin mining. Do not miss this opportunity to escape traditional assets and finally create wealth without Wall Street. Now your host, Jack. You're listening to Alternative Investor Mastermind, where we do a deep dive on alternative investment opportunities and the lifestyle it can create. Join Jack Krupe as he presents actionable tips and tricks in doing passive real estate away from mainstream strategies. Go beyond the usual fix and flips and try less explored yet rewarding investing ventures, from multifamily properties, mobile homes, to cryptocurrencies. Do not miss this opportunity to escape traditional assets and finally create wealth without Wall Street. Now your host, Jack. All right, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Alternative Investor Mastermind. Today, our guest is Lauren Rochelle from Spartan Self Storage. Lauren, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you, Jack? Doing great. Thanks for coming on. I'd like to start off by just getting an understanding of how you got into this niche of alternative investing in general. So maybe just tell everybody your story and also how you found self storage as a niche. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for having me on to start off. You know, it's actually kind of a funny story of how I got started in this space. I was working in the CBD oil industry, which is totally different than self storage, real estate, all of that. I found Spartan Investment Group on LinkedIn, actually. I was looking to move out to the Denver area and found them. This, we decided it would be a great fit mutually and started working for them back in 2019, I think. So I started out in their marketing department, kind of doing all of our self-storage corporate marketing, property-level marketing. And so that's how I originally heard of this whole sector at all. I would have never guessed that you know self-storage investing was a thing, even passively for the investors who don't want to go in and buy their own facilities. So very grateful to have found it because it's opened my eyes to a whole new world and a whole new way to make money and help people find financial freedom. So... So when you're in college or just getting out in your initial job, is it just the traditional markets? Like, were you just only aware of stocks and bonds and all the sort of boring traditional wealth management options? Yes. Growing up, my parents did a couple of flips, house flips, and we had some vacation houses that we owned. So I knew a little bit that real estate investing was a thing, but never the dimension that it could possibly become. So, yep. That's great. Well, it's uh, we all fall into this in different ways, but it, it's I feel like once you're in, you're hooked. And that's the same for me and almost everyone else I know that's uh, found a niche in alternative investing. Self-storage is one of my favorite asset classes. I've been tracking it for years, You know, even during 2008 when storage performed better than pretty much any other real estate asset class during the Great Recession. So this will be great to do deep dive. So why don't you just tell me a little bit about Spartan's business model and how you invest in self-storage? Absolutely. So Spartan Investment Group allows investors who want to invest in self-storage to come in and invest alongside of us, totally passive in these deals. So instead of going out and spending a couple million dollars in your facility, having to learn how to run it, operate it, market it, all of those things, we let investors, limited partner investors come in at a $50,000 minimum, have part ownership in our self-storage deals. And then we go out as a fully vertically integrated company and buy value-add self-storage assets all across the country in high-growth secondary and tertiary markets. We have vertically integrated, so our construction company in-house, 
property management company in-house. So we control every aspect of the project. And then we hold those and manage them and add all the value over about a five-year timeframe. And during that time, as long as there's cash flow, our investors are benefiting from that monthly cash flow. And then when we sell or do a cash out refi, liquidate in some sort of way, our investors also benefit in that uh, liquidity event. So it's a great way to invest in real estate, especially in the self-storage space, just totally passively and having that mailbox money come in. Great. And you mentioned value add and you know, value add is really one of the key terms. And on our multifamily investments, I know that generally involves taking a more of a classic unit and putting new kitchens, new bathrooms, new flooring, and just really adding the value. On self-storage, what are some of the things that you do to increase the value of the properties? Sure. So self-storage is decently similar to multifamily. We'll go in kind of high level, raise the rents, repay the dry wells, fix any roofs, broken units, things like that, add our national brand, which is called Free Up Storage, redo the offices, add ancillary streams of revenue, such as U-Haul rentals, merchandise sales, cell towers, FedEx, UPS drop-off, you name it. And then one of the biggest ways we add value is we expand on the properties if we can. If there's an extra parking lot or parcel of land that comes with the facility and there's demand in the market, we have our construction company go in and add brand new units. So That's great. What are the top few markets that you're generally looking towards? Yeah. Right now, we really like... We follow migration trends. So Southeast, Texas, a couple of Midwestern areas... Pacific Northwest, we're in Colorado, but right now we're loving Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, Texas, places like that. Great. You know, I think compared to multifamily, I think you probably know the stat better than I, but for what I recall, isn't there a, a great percentage of self storage units are still sort of privately or family owned and maybe not run as efficiently as the, the way that you might run a unit? Absolutely. And I don't know the stat off the top of my head how many mom and pop owners there are versus bigger firms like ours, but I know there are 40,000 operators in the US, which includes all of the single mom and pop owners, and we're in the top 100. So there's not that many big firms running these things. It is a huge percentage of mom and pop owned. It still don't have websites. They still are having some of their tenants pay with cash, totally different than what we're used to. Great. And then on the ground up, Ron, is that fully, when you say vertically integrated, is that fully managing house as well with uh, other than obviously a local general contractor handle the actual construction itself? Yes. So we actually have some general contractors on our team that are licensed in certain states that we build in often. But yep, we have the superintendents in-house, general contractors occasionally in-house, project executives, all those kind of people. And then we hire out the subcontractors locally. Gotcha. As far as looking for deal flow, what's the process for finding new opportunities? So our process varies a little bit. We're looking for off-market deals all the time with half of our acquisitions team. We have databases of every single storage facility in the United States, and we have a certain square footage that we're looking for, minimum, certain minimum number of units, and then we go from there. And on the other side of the acquisitions team, we have great broker relationships with the top self-storage brokers in the United States. So we are always in contact with them, constantly looking at what they're putting on the market, what's coming up in the market. And from there, we just look down our criteria list. We do our feasibility studies before we even go under contract on a property. And since we do that, we have 100% contract to close ratio, which really helps our reputation in the buying space because a broker knows that if we go under contract, we're serious and we're going to close unless something astronomically goes wrong. That's really powerful. And I'm sure there's times where you're either getting the last look or maybe you're not quite the top bid, but the seller knows that you're going to close and you have a reputation and you may you may win a deal on more than just price. Absolutely. We win deals all the time just based on our reputation, even if we are under the highest bid. 
So if someone who's listening has a potential off-market deal, is there, uh, we could put it in the show notes, but is there a specific acquisitions person? Is that you or is there a specific acquisitions email to submit a potential opportunity? Absolutely. We have an acquisitions page on our website that has a form on it. You can go in and submit your property information and I'll, we can link the website. But Tyler Burke is our vice president of acquisitions, I believe is his title, but Tyler Burke would be the person to reach out to. Great. A lot of economic uncertainty over the last few months with interest rates. I'm curious, what's your and the firm's perspective on sort of how to navigate 2022 with rates and just with some of the economic changes going on right now with rates and inflation? Absolutely. Our finance, capital markets, acquisitions team, all of our teams are very aware of it. We are looking at it in the future of, okay, you know, how much could rates potentially rise? Being able to underwrite that extra conservatively right now because we just don't know exactly what's going to happen, but assuming that they are going to rise a couple more times this year. So we are trying to lock in as many loans as we can right now. All of our acquisitions under contract are about to go under contract. We are trying to get those loans signed immediately and just keeping an eye on everything that's changing and underwriting extra conservatively is how we're going to try to mitigate as much risk as we can with this. And then as far as leases go for the actual tenants in the storage facility, I mean, I know from at least past research, I, I've had like the stickiness of a tenant as far as long-term renewal is probably as much as any industry. But what are a typical lease structure? What are renewal rates? And if there is rampant inflation continuing, like how much flexibility do you have to kind of increase rents with inflation? Great question. So that's actually one of the things we love most about storage is that we don't have long-term leases. We are month to month. So we have dynamic pricing. If we need to raise the rents by 5-10% every month going forward, if we needed to, we could. So that is one of the things that's going to hedge us a little bit against inflation. People are still going to need storage. If we're increasing it slightly, if needed, the chances of moving out is pretty slim for an extra 5-10% a month. Gotcha. And do you have any industry statistics on sort of what percentage of people renew? Yeah, great question. So since we don't have long-term leases, renewal, I don't have that statistic. I know that our average tenant stay is, I think, 48 months. So people are staying for a decently long time. During COVID from 2020 to 2021, rental rates were 12.7% year over year. So really high growth in rental rates during the last couple of years. And so we've seen people stay because even if we've raised their rent $30 and they want to look for other options, the other options out there are just going to be as highly priced as ours potentially. So That's great. And correct me if I'm wrong, but historically... Spartan has really went deal by deal for raising capital, but you're moving more towards a fund structure? Yes. So we have 54 assets under management right now. All those were deal by deal with the exception of a couple of portfolios we bought in one swoop. So we had 29 properties closing Q4 last year, all value add and high growth markets that were similar returns across the board. So our investors became a little confused, you know, which one do we choose? So that's why we decided to start a fund, you know, as well as a couple other reasons, but packaging all of those up this year for the fund to be 60 to 80 properties in our offering. That's great. And that's a Reg D 506C? Correct. That is great. And that's similar to what we have. And our fund is actually working on putting together something that we hope is a win-win for investors because Spartan has a a specific asset class for investors that raise more than a million dollars. Is that right? That's right. Yep. Bump and preferred return and bump and cash on cash hurdle. Yeah. So one of the things that JCAM is working on, and you know, I've been following and working with Spartan for a few years now, is uh, we're working on putting together a feeder fund to actually hit that million dollar threshold so that we can actually allow our investors in at the higher asset class. So that's something I'm pretty excited about with working together with the, the Spartan team. Absolutely. Yep. We love the kind of feeder funds that come in with us and we love working alongside of them and getting them to their goals to invest with us at a higher prep. So it's great. Win-win all around. 
Great. So who's a typical investor? I mean, I know there's a couple of different avatars probably, but what are the, as far as maybe just a couple types of investors you might've seen that are good fits for the fund? Absolutely. So I would say our first type of avatar is someone who has been an active real estate investor for many years, the landlord, someone who has maybe a couple small multifamilies and a bunch of single family rentals, and they're just tired of being a landlord. They want someone to manage their new investment for them. They don't want to answer phone calls in the middle of the night for the toilet leaking or something like that. So that's one of our top avatars for the investors is they're just tired. They want to have more freedom and they still want the cash flow. So other than that, we have a lot of busy professionals who are executives, C-suites, people like that who don't know a ton about investing in real estate, but they know enough that they would love to do it. And they don't have the time or the knowledge to do it themselves and go out and buy their own facility. So they invest with us. Or third, folks that are retired, high net worth individuals who are looking just for some extra cash flow. They're retired early and they love real estate. They really understand it. And again, they just don't want to go out and buy their own storage facility and manage it full-time. That's great. That's very similar to us. And you know, I know obviously with the Reg D, everything goes, all official terms are through the portals, but just basic, the bond market's been crushed right now and returns are almost zero. Are you comfortable talking about like what typical cash on cash return, at least for annualized basis and what the projected overall returns are? Absolutely. So we are, for our fund... You know, we're targeting a four to six year hold. We're looking at anywhere projected five to eight percent cash on cash cash flow for the year per annum paid out monthly. Annualized fifteen to twenty percent is our projection, and then kind of overall, just we're looking to almost double your money in five years is our just general projected goal that we strive for for every investment. That's great. And then, as far as uh, taxes go, are you doing cost segregation on a majority of the buildings as well to lower tax burden? And yes, absolutely. We do cost segregation studies. Take a hundred percent bonus depreciation in year one. Our losses are a little bit less than multifamily, but still great at about twenty to twenty-five percent. So that means if someone's making six to eight percent or five to eight percent, whatever the first year preferred return is, they're still showing a loss. So it's really a tax-deferred cash flow at a bare minimum. The cash mm-hmm. on cash returns are generally, I would think, tax deferred likely for that five-year period. And then really the bulk of the taxes, if any, are paid when you know when a majority of the building sells. Is that, is that accurate? Yes, pretty accurate. Everyone's tax situation is a little bit different. So just depending on everyone's situation, you know, talk to your CPA. But yes, the tax losses do potentially help with that cash flow. That's great. That's that's one of the biggest items that I've recalled recently from conversations with various investors and even some that are higher net worth and had REITs. And at their tax rate, they're paying 29% on their REIT dividends. Whereas in a private fund or a syndication opportunity, they're receiving that cash flow tax-free or at least tax deferred until the end. Then there's always opportunities to reinvest in another deal, take new depreciation. It's, it's a little bit of a hamster wheel once you're on it, but <laughs> if you pay attention to it and you structure it right, it's way more tax efficient than any of the traditional public offerings for REITs. Absolutely. Yep. One of the huge benefits to investing in a syndication or a limited partnership like this. Yep. Great. Do you have any closing thoughts or advice for passive investors or those looking to dip their toe into alternative investments? I would say do a lot of research on the sponsor. Really make sure you understand their team, their vision, Make sure that they know what to do in good times and bad because real estate is not always going to go well. So make sure that the team is capable of handling the bad times and bouncing back from that. Also, really understand kind of the back end, the PPM, the legal language behind it. There are a lot of great videos on YouTube or our website. 
all over the internet these days to make sure that you really understand what you're investing in and how everything works. That's really great advice. I know I've run into you guys at a couple different conferences this year. Are you attending anything else in the next couple months where people can meet you in person? Absolutely. We are going to be at the IMN Information Management Network Family Office Forum on the East and the West Coast coming up. We're going to be at the Quest IRA Conference in Houston. And I believe we're going to be at the Money Show in Las Vegas as well this fall. That's great. You'll have to let me know when that Vegas event is. I always look for an excuse to get back to Las Vegas. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for all the information provided here. It's always great to catch up with you and the team. And yeah, we look forward to seeing you again at a future event and investing together in self-storage. So thanks again for being on the show. Absolutely. Likewise, Jack. Thanks for having me. All right. Bye. That's all for this episode of Alternative Investor Mastermind. Now that you know the many alternative opportunities out there all up for the taking, you can finally become ultra-connected and ultra-wealthy. Get more valuable advice from the experts by subscribing to the show at alternativeinvestormastermind.com. Become a winner in the world of passive investing today in alternative investment strategies. Thank you for joining us. Until next time.